So right now, I want to welcome Pastor Coco to come bring the word. Good morning. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Can anybody say amen? amen? You know, the Lord has been good to us. Our God is faithful, and his love endures forever. He's a kind God. How many know I need my technology? I may not be the most uh, savvy technical person, but I can figure it out. Amen. God is so good. And so I want to just say hello to those of you that are watching online. We wish you were here with us, but we know that God is everywhere we are. And so I want to take a moment today and just brag on the goodness of our God. So about five months ago, I had had some health challenges that was affecting me physically. But not only that, it began to affect me emotionally and mentally. And during that time, God took me on a journey of healing and restoration that began to set me free in a way that I had no idea that was happening. I mean, you know, looking back, I know what I know now that I didn't know then. It was a gift from God. The time of sabbatical and being away with him and allowing him and his Holy Spirit just to wash over me and minister to me for five months. 30 years of ministry and I've never had a sabbatical. How many know, as people of God, we need to have rhythms of sabbatical in our lives where we just stop and pause and wait for the Holy Spirit and the Lord to tell us what it is we need doing next. I mean, you know, we sometimes just run into life and we just start doing all of these things and hurry, 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 rush, rush, rush. We got here in 2019 and boom, it sounded like a gun went off and I went running. How many can understand or probably relate to what I'm saying? Because God created the Sabbath for us. It's a time of rest, a time of refreshing, a time to let the Holy Spirit just recharge you and revigorate you and pour back into your soul. I mean, our souls need to rest. Amen? And so I was doing everything, right? I was part of the global and uh, ministry outreach. I was part of the community engagement. I was part of pastoral care. I was part of the exec team speaking into the women's ministry. I mean, I was trying to be everywhere all at the same time. And you know, the only person that can be everywhere all at the same time is God, right? So I was out there trying to be Captain Seva. (laughs) when I realized that that wasn't my job and what it did was it left me tired it left me broken it left me wounded my body was so out of balance that we were trying to figure out what was going on with it but God brought great people in my life during that time to help figure it out and began to regulate and balance out my life he brought a woman in my life named Catherine Rizzler She's a naturopathic doctor. And Catherine Rizzer, if you're watching, God bless you. I love you. And she put me on a regiment of different natural medicines that helped to reboot and restart my systems. It felt like my life. I woke up for the first time. If you've ever experienced anything like that, your head feels like it's in a fog and you don't think straight, you can't see right. But God ministered to me. I mean, God knows what we need. He cares about us. Everything concerning us, God cares. He cares about our challenges. He cares about our struggles. 
He cares about our marriages and our families. He cares about our wants and our needs. He cares who we are and who we become, where we go and what we say and do. He cares about it all, all of it. God cares. And I am so grateful and thankful to God and the goodness that he brings into our lives. Can you give the Lord a big praise? He's good. He's good. He is good. So last Sunday, Pastor Keith started our series on, um, now I forgot what it was. <laughs> I live in the, wait, let me just, a crucified life. Yes, that's what it was. <laughs> and he said, we are called to live a life of death. And he jokingly talked about bringing in a casket to, <laughs> to symbolize or have an illustration of being dead to sin. And I was thinking about, hmm, what is it that I can do to illustrate my sermon? And so I thought about coming dressed at like, like one of the characters on The Walking Dead, <laughs> right? And I was gonna put on makeup to make my face look like it was decaying, maybe a, an arm that was just sort of hangling and dangling along, tattered clothes. But I thought better of it so that I didn't have you guys have nightmares tonight, so. I decided not to but maybe next time, right? So dying to sin is a daily surrendering of our lives to Jesus. Our base text is going to be found in Galatians chapter two and verse 20. And Paul says, in Galatians chapter two twenty, I have been crucified with Christ and no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith, and the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Who would say that the Christian life is the most noble, happiest life that we can live? Who would say that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I didn't say it was easy, right? So once we enter into this life, there's a battle that ensues from the time that we do until the time that we die. How many of you have experienced that, right? So I'm crucified with Christ. What it means is that we know what it meant for Jesus. But what was Paul telling us? Crucifixion means death. So I have some great illustrations here. So I want to use them because BJ got mad at Pastor Keith for not using his last week. <laughs> so I'm going to use mine. BJ, where are you? I love you. Thank you for all your hard work. And so a crucified life means death and we're to die to sin. We are to die to the old life, right? We're to die to self and old lust. Self, we are to die to old lust. And lastly, we are to die to old ambitions. So this is where we take a stand for Christ and we say to the sinful worldly things, so as far as you and I, I'm dead, amen? And then we allow the Holy Spirit to empower us to live that way for Christ. Amen? Romans chapter 6 and verse 10. We're going to go there. So bring out your iPads if you have them, your computers, your phones, your Bibles, your pen and your paper, right? So there's all kinds of ways we can get into the Word. Um, Romans chapter 6, verse 10. I mean... 
Yes, 10 through 14. The death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ, in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather, but rather surrender yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourselves to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under law, but under grace. Amen? Let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Open our eyes to see the areas in our lives that we need to surrender and submit to you. I pray that you would give us revelation that we can apply today that will lead to transformed lives. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 So the three points that I want to make today to sort of drive this message home is the crucified life is a surrendered life in Christ. And when we surrender our lives to Christ, we nail them on the cross. So I'm going to nail this. I'm going to try my best to nail this on the cross without hurting my finger. Reach forth your hand of prayer. <laughs> A surrendered life is the act of giving back to Jesus the life that he granted you. Amen? And the second point I'm going to make is a submitted life. Now, this sets order and direction that leads to freedom and blessing in Christ. And the third point, last point, I'm going to make a satisfied life. Finding a satisfied life in Christ depends on having a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So those are the three areas that I'm gonna really focus on today and I want you to understand how it is that God expects us to do that. I mean, you know, we had the greatest example of all, we had Jesus Christ. Jesus' life was fully surrendered to the will of the Father. He was completely submitted. He knew before he came from heaven to earth what his job was. And he was so committed to that. He was so submitted to what God wanted him to do for us. A surrendered life is the act of giving back to Jesus the life that he has granted us. How amazing is that? Our life isn't our own. It's not ours. So surrendering to God is the first act of salvation for those who come to Christ. And it's a continued habit of those who are walking with Jesus. Amen? To spiritually surrender, it means letting go of control and trusting God with our present and our future. Come on, that's a lot easier said than done. Would anybody say amen to that? So let's go to Matthew chapter 10 and verse 39. Matthew 10, oh, they have it up on the screen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, guys. It says, whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. 
And then let's put the next scripture up. It's Romans chapter 6, 6. We always got to get the word on it, amen? I don't want you to just believe what I say. I want you to see the word because that's what changes us, right? So Romans 6, 6 says, For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. And some of the common synonyms for sin is to abandon, to relinquish, to resign, to wave, and to yield. I know it's a continual giving over. It's giving over completely to the will of the Father. You know, one of the military terms that's used for surrender is the relinquishment of control over territory. Relinquishment of control over territory. And I mean, you know, this can sometimes be accomplished peacefully, or it may be a result of defeat or forfeit in a battle. I don't know about y'all on what your surrendered life looked like when you came to Jesus, but mine was more like the latter. <laughs> it was a result of defeat in the battle of life. I was beaten up. I was exhausted. I had used all of my power and resources to live my life my own way, and it wasn't working. My marriage was failing. I was having the most difficult time of it all. And not to mention, I had an enormous father wound. My father had left me when I was a child. So I felt unloved, unwanted, unheard and unseen by him. And when I came to know the Lord, I walked down an altar in this little storefront church in Oceanside, California, about 30 plus years ago. And I heard the father say, but I've not left you fatherless. I've loved you the whole time. I, I've always wanted you. I would never leave you. I've always been there. And when I heard those words, I felt like the Holy Spirit, something broke inside my soul. And all the anger and the pain and the rejection and the abandonment in the fear, in the hopelessness, I took and I set it at the feet of Jesus on the cross. And he took it from me. Amen. Can we give the Lord a praise? That's my surrender story. That's how I came to know Jesus. He took my pain away. The cross represents death. Sure enough, it was gruesome, it was horrible. It was inhumane, the life, the death that he died on the cross for us. But it also represents life. It represents the beautiful life that Jesus died for on this cross for you and I. How I many you know he gave it all? He sacrificed it all so that we could be free, so I could no longer have to hold on to the anger and the bitterness and the fear that I had for my whole life as a child. I could say that, God, you are my father. You've not left me fatherless. In fact, I have the best father in the whole world. Amen? Oh. I was set free. Surrender doesn't mean that you're giving up. If you give up on something, it means that you no longer pursue it.
You don't care about it. And you feel defeated. Surrender is just the opposite. Surrender means that we are able to get out of our own way. How many need to get out of their own way? <laughs> it's relinquishing control, totally resigning your life into his hands to do with it as he pleases. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 8 and verse 34, and I'm going to drink on that. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 8 and verse 34 says, Then he called the crowd to himself, along with his disciples, and said, Whoever wants to be my disciples must deny themselves, pick up their cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it if someone to gain the whole world yet forfeits their soul? How do we surrender to God? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's really simple. It's one day at a time. Yeah? It's one day at a time. So we identify what we can't control and what we can, right? We surrender what we can't control to the Father. We meditate on the promises of God and his faithfulness. We choose to let go. We resolve not to focus on fear, but on faith. That's how we do it. That's how we do it. And this can only be accomplished through the power of the Holy Spirit. How many know we're spirit-filled people? We're spirit-filled people. We love Jesus. We believe in Jesus, that he died, he rose from the dead. We believe that he did miracles, signs, and wonders. We're a spirit-filled church, yeah? We're spirit-filled people. We are a spirit-filled denomination called Foursquare. And that means Jesus Christ the Savior, Jesus Christ the Baptizer, Jesus Christ the Healer, and Jesus Christ the soon-coming King. Amen? We are spirit-filled people. We have been empowered by the Holy Spirit to help us continue to do the work that Jesus Christ came to do. Jesus said, when I leave, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and greater works will you do because I went to the Father. Greater works. How many want to do some greater works, right? I love that. A crucified life, secondly, is a submitted life. A submitted life sets order and direction that leads to a freedom in the blessings of Christ. Yeah, God set us free. He said, who I have set free is free indeed. So the life that we live, if we submit it to Jesus, we can walk in freedom. Amen? We don't have to have fear and worry and all of this other stuff because we know that he is with us. So there are some ways that we submit. First, we submit to God. James 4, 7 says, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. But this is when the enemy comes. He'll come with bad thoughts. Whispers on, he whispers on truths about ourselves and about God. But 2 Corinthians 10 says, take every thought captive and bring it into the obedience of God. And I was blown away when I read this one time where I was talking to one of our pastors. And he mentioned that it said, take every thought. Not every bad thought, 
He said every thought. And bring it into the submission and the obedience of Jesus Christ. And secondly, he said submit to one another. Ephesians 5.21. Submit to one another out of reverence unto Christ. And then this is the big one, ladies. He said, submit wives to your husbands. Mm. <laughs> Colossians 3.18. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as is fitting to God. Ladies, if we can't submit to our own husbands, that's an indication that there's something bigger going on in the relationship, right? Something is broken. And we have to find a way to allow the Holy Spirit to fix that so that we can become one and united again. Amen? And then it says, young men, submit yourselves to your leader. <laughs> this is so that their work will be a joy, not a burden. For this is a benefit to you to submit to. And then it's servants and all that stuff. So I would want to replace the word master with... I think 1 Peter 2.18 says, Slaves, in reverence the fear of God, submit yourselves to your master, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. Right? And so I want to replace that word master with our boss, our teachers, the police officer that pulls you over late at night, or the rude lady at the DMV. <laughs> Whoever is in authority in the environment that you're in, he says, submit yourself to that. And then the last one was, everyone submit yourselves to the governing authority, and that's found in Romans chapter three. Right, and so we're gonna submit ourselves not just to God, but to one another, to our elders, to our husbands and wives. And then it says, even in our homes, we should submit ourselves at work, in our ministries, and yes, even in the White House. <laughs> so it can be a challenge, but how many know we can do it? Because we have God with us. We have God in us. So my prayer is that God will use the gift of willing submission and the peace that comes from it to trust God to help us to submit willingly um, because he says it's good for us. So I didn't say it always feels good. I didn't say they're going to always be just, the authority that's over our life, but what I'm saying is that it's good for us. Amen? And then secondly, a crucified life is a satisfied life. Or lastly, sorry, a crucified life is a satisfied life. Finding satisfaction in life depends on having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? Satisfaction is sometimes rare in our world. People express dissatisfaction with their jobs, in their marriages, with their circumstances, with themselves. So one of the expressions of satisfaction is the pleasure of reaching a goal or achieving a measure of success. So God designed human beings, us, with um, the capacity for joy because he himself, he possesses joy, right? In Galatians, excuse me, in Genesis chapter 1 and 27, it says, So God created mankind in his own image. 
And in the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. So healthy, fat, healthy satisfaction looks like Galatians 1. God saw what he had made and that it was good. That was our example. He saw what he made and it was good. So satisfaction also involves contentment. You know, the Bible has a lot to say about contentment. And so in, in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, it says, Godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world and we can take nothing out of it. So learning how to be content is a prelude to being satisfied. <laughs> contentment is not always our strong point, but it's okay. Uh, to be satisfied means that we're not yearning for anything else. There's nothing else that we want or nothing else that we need. So when our hunger is satisfied, we don't want more food. And when our thirst is satisfied, we don't crave more water. But when we are in the right relationship with God, our souls are satisfied. Yeah. He satisfies our soul. And I love it because David the psalmist said it the best. In Psalms chapter 73, verse 26, 25 through 26, he says, Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Mm. But when our hearts are filled with the Holy Spirit, we don't demand anything else, right? We can bring all of that under control with the Holy Spirit. We recognize that God has provided all we need and for everything we need it for, our happiness, our satisfaction, it all derives from him. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly, John 10, 10. So satisfaction is a form, or self-satisfaction is a form of pride, and it draws attention to self. But godly, true godly satisfaction is being pleased with what God providing for us and how he's working in our lives. We find this true satisfaction when we uncover the purposes of God in our life, right? When we know our purpose, we are satisfied that everything else is just a distant second. And yeah, yeah, we have stuff. Rachel mentioned it today. She said, we all have it. We all have things going on. There are circumstances that are not like we want them to be or not like we intended or even we didn't think our lives would turn, whatever it is. Those things don't matter because we can be satisfied in God in the middle of a storm. He's so good to us. He's so faithful and loving to us. True satisfaction is when we uncover our purpose. It's amazing. I love how God has set this whole thing up for us. And sometimes we think, well, why is this happening to me? Trust me, God knows. He knows. He puts it all in place for us. And it's used to do something in us that God is wanting to do to bring out of us. And so I'm excited and I'm thankful. At the same time, it's hard sometimes. And so we can say thank you to the Lord that we can surrender our lives, submit our lives, and have satisfied lives in him. I'm going to ask that the worship team would come. I'm going to invite them to come. Paul lived for decades being stoned and beaten and bruised and battered and imprisoned and rejected. He summarized all of it for us in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. 
when we are willing to daily crucify our lives and our flesh, we find greater fulfillment in anything that this world could ever offer us. Psalm says, you will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures forevermore. I want to just say, if the Lord is speaking to you in this message right now, I want you to just stop and think about the areas of your life that needs to be surrendered, submitted unto the Lord. I mean, we've all had to come this way, and there's those that first have to surrender to the Lord and salvation. <laughs> That's the first step. And then secondly, we take all the stuff that we're holding on to, our rights, our own way emissions, plus addictions. There's so much. And we surrender it to Jesus at his feet. I know Jesus want to take it all away. I mean, Jesus died for it. <laughs> Jesus paid for it. I'm going to ask that Rochelle would come. And as she does that, I want you to just focus on the areas that you feel like the Lord is calling you to surrender. Sing it with me.
So we don't ever like to leave this place without giving those of you that are here today an opportunity to receive Christ. If you've never given your life to Jesus and you, like me, are here at this church maybe for the first time or maybe you've even been here before and your heart is broken and your life is a mess and you have wounds of every kind, I want you to know that Jesus died for it all. And he wants to take it away from you, but you have to bring it to him. If that's you and you are hurting, you broke, broken and you feel lost, I want you to raise your hand. All over this building, I want to pray for you. Is there anyone here today? You'd be brave and you'd say, Jesus, I can't do this on my own anymore. I see you. I see you. God sees you, more importantly. He sees you. He wants to heal your brokenness. He wants to heal your heart. Sweetheart, will you get up? Will you come? I want to pray for you. Will you give her a hand? The Bible says that all of heaven rejoices when we come to know Jesus. God, thank you. God, I thank you. Lord, I ask that you would touch her heart, that you would touch her mind, that you would, God, take all of her hurt, her pain. God, it's only you and you that you can do this, Lord. And Father, we just, together, church, would you just pray with me? God, I ask that you would heal her, God, all the brokenness. Will you take the pain, the hurt, the fears? God, we come against addiction, and we call her free in Jesus' name today. God, we tear down every stronghold over her life. Oh, God, thank you for dying on the cross for her sins. Oh, Lord, I ask that you would fill her now. Fill her with your peace. Fill her with your love. Fill her with your joy. Oh, God, only you can. And, Lord, we are so thankful and grateful for what you're doing. Is there anyone from the prayer team that's here? I want you to come. Will you come? If there's a female, someone that's a lady, will you come? Come. Somebody, come. Connie's coming. <laughs> this is Jocelyn. This is Connie. And they're going to pray for you, okay? And they're going to get some information from you. And we're going to help you. We are, but you have to keep coming, right? Yeah. <laughs> you have to keep coming and allow God to bring the healing that he wants in your life. So will you all take her and pray for her? Thank you. Thank you. Are we so thankful for what God does? He says that all of heaven rejoices when just one comes. Oh, thank you, Lord. And church, this message was for us too. We have some unsurrendered areas in our own lives that we need to lay, lay at the feet of Jesus. If that's you, I want you to just sit where you are quietly and say, God, search my heart. Show me the places that are not surrendered to you. Show me the unsubmitted areas of my own life. God, maybe I have control when you should have it. <laughs> maybe, God, I'm afraid all the time when I should have peace. Ask God to show you the areas, but I want to pray for you. Is that okay? Father, I thank you, Lord God that we can live this life fully surrendered and submitted unto you. 
Jesus Christ was our greatest example. You came from heaven to earth to show us the way. And God, thank you that we can look to you for guidance when needed. Help us, Lord, to lay down the hard things. Because in you, we are able to do hard things. Thank you, Father, for your love for us. It's unending. It never runs out. It's as deep as it is wide. Thank you, Father, that you love us and you're so in love with us. Continue to change our lives as we surrender more and more unto you. We need you. We want you. We desire you. So have your way in us. We surrender all. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Can you give the Lord a hand of praise? Thank you, Lord. Amen. So I hope this message blessed you today. And I pray that God will go with you as you journey on this week. As you get up every day and surrender to God, because that's what it is. It's a daily surrender. So we can do it, though. But if you need prayer, if there's anything that's going on in your life, other than the things I mentioned today, our prayer team is here. You can come down to the altar, and they will pray with you. But in the meantime, go with God and God will go with you. God bless you.